What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Season Gaming Bitcast. I'll be your host today, Ains. I am joined by the man, the myth, the Mexican, Bert Signs, along with Dan Rally Racer Rodriguez. And today we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. Harry Potter RPG, Red Dead Redemption 2, a bunch of the new releases, including Forza Horizon and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which uh, Dan simply can't put down, apparently. And uh, we're going to have an honest discussion on the Switch. So there's a rumor we'll talk about about new Switch hardware coming, and we want to kind of look back at the first 18 months of the Switch and uh, kind of just talk about honestly where the platform is today. So let's go ahead and get started. The biggest thing um, that came out last week was regarding this Harry Potter role-playing game footage that leaked. So apparently footage from a play test leaked out. Uh, who, the guy who leaked it was not under an NDA, which is why so much of it leaked and it seems really authentic. The original rumor was that Rocksteady may be developing this, but Rocksteady has come out and said that they are not developing developing it. Excuse me. As we know, um, Rocksteady is supposedly developing either the Superman or the Justice League games. So there's been a lot of rumors around who is developing this, when it's coming. But the footage was pretty interesting, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan, because there hasn't been a really big budget AAA Harry Potter game. And thinking about that world in a full RPG setting is uh, pretty intriguing for fans. So who wants to uh, touch on this one? Either of you guys big Harry Potter fans over the past 15 plus years? <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the movies, read the books. I have played none of the Lego Harry Potter game. So that's the only other one that I know of. Um, hey man, I'm all, I'm all for it because I mean, number one, there are so many Harry Potter fans out. It's going to sell like crazy, regardless of, you know, <clears throat> what it is and how well it's actually, you know, fleshed out. It looks, I mean, the, 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 the stuff I saw was kind of blurry and it looked a little, you know, can't really tell a whole lot about it, but you know, I'm up for it. I'm, you know, I'm usually up for anything though. So. <laughs> yeah i think uh i think it's a good world it has a lot of potential for an rpg apparently from what we've heard it, you are a fifth year student at hogwarts and this is a prequel to the movies because dumbledore has not taken over hogwarts yet and so this would be kind of uh you're a student and you're learning and who knows what the story would be but if you think about character creation which it showed and creating your own kind of you know, wizard and learning spells and traveling around Hogwarts in that world. I think there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I am not a, a massive Harry Potter fan. To to Dan's point, I'm I enjoyed the movies. I thought they were fun. I was not the wait in line, you know, dress up and all that other kind of stuff uh, fan of it when when that was first came. I think I was actually a little too old for that at the moment. Um, but one thing that is kind of interesting is I think it's cool because those people that grew up with it now will have a RPG game for them to play that's probably looking like to be a little bit more of a mature game. So that might be actually genius from a development standpoint as to who to target for it. Um, one thing that I am happy about is that it's not Rocksteady because I was hoping that this was not the, the game that they had been rumored to be working on forever. And this is actually what it was. So I'm actually very excited about that announcement that we'll talk about later. Not really an announcement, a rumor. Um, so I, I hope it comes out. I hope it's cool. Um, one thing that was funny is that I think there is some legitimacy to it because the uh, Warner Brothers has actually been tracking down YouTubers for them to remove the video of them going over the leaked footage. So there has to be some kind of truth to it somewhere. Um, so I don't know. It looks cool from what I've seen. And that's all I can really say on it so far. 
Yeah, funny enough about the footage, I found a mirror site that was hosting it, which is uh, in the article on our site. So if you still want to check out the footage, it was up last time I checked. Uh, one other thing to talk about on this, the rumors are who's developing it. And one of the biggest right now, I, I would say the largest is Monolith. So Monolith responsible for uh, Shadow of War and the Mordor series. Warner Brothers published those games. Um, they've obviously had time since Shadow of War launched and, you know, they've been... Uh, had a couple years now on side development. So it's very possible. But I wanted to throw something out to you guys. Uh, this is purely my own speculation. I just thought it would be interesting to consider is that Harry Potter is a very, very British series. Um, it's an RPG. It looks like it's open world. And could it be possible um, that Playground Games, this is their other project, not Fable, um, it wouldn't be first party, obviously. Well, it would be first party. It wouldn't be um, a IP to Microsoft. But the potential for Playground Games being a British developer, supposedly making an open world RPG for the past year, year and a half, which is apparently how long this has been in development. Uh, Warner Brothers published the games uh, like Witcher 3 and Shadow of War, which Microsoft had the licensing for. So just something that I don't know. I throw it out there as speculation that it would be really interesting if Microsoft had secured Harry Potter licensing rights for a uh, uh, exclusive, I guess. I think it's a, uh, a cool idea. However, I really think Microsoft needs those exclusives like Fable to come back. So um, I think it's still Fable. <laughs> I do too, but yeah. I just thought it would be funny. Yeah, I, I think it's cool to put it all together, though. It's almost like though they're working on three different games over there at Playground, right? Yes. Just you know, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I know they just hired some more people. You know, and so it could be. I wouldn't think they'd want to limit this franchise. You know, I mean, to you know, if they did an exclusive for the Xbox, I, I just don't think they would want to limit it to just one console. Yeah. Um, there's just too much potential for. I mean so much cash so much cash <laughs> yeah especially with the ps4 in europe as well where harry potter's you know gigantic so uh, anyway would be cool though if that happens we'll see yeah i just thought it was interesting to speculate all right so uh one thing that happened this is about a week and a half ago now but it was after we recorded is that after all the discussion we've had and the industry has had on it it looks like sony is finally starting to cave on crossplay so they uh launched an official beta supporting crossplay on Fortnite between the Xbox Switch and PlayStation 4. People have tested it out and it seems to work quite well. Surprise, surprise, you know, we're not all in hell and the sky has not fallen. Everything seems to be fine. So um, finally, good to see. I hope that uh, they move beyond beta and just open this up to all games. I believe Psyonix, the Rocket League developer, said that they're uh, they're already prepared for to get the go-ahead from Sony to do it on uh, their end as well. Let me tell you why this pisses me off. <laughs> Please. Pisses me off because uh, I took my Switch to travel with me, and now I cannot unlink my damn new account that I had to create on the Switch oh, no. to link back to um, my initial Xbox Fortnite thing. So I'm not sure if I have to go online, remove something somewhere in order to get it. I've already played a few games with the new Switch uh, ID, and I have no idea, but it is cross progression as well. So the cross uh, progression has come through. Wow. Yeah, I remember we talked about before when we were at E3 and you're, you were linked and couldn't unlink it. And so you had to create a second profile and you're saying now that one's locked. He's still there. 
I'm, I'm still here, but my face okay. is all messed up. So I okay. <laughs> no, I think they're working on uh, merging accounts too. I think is uh, Epic is uh, getting those ones that you created specifically for your Switch to merge with your you know, previous account. I think that was part of the uh, part of what they released as far as the information. I'm not sure how to do it, and I don't play Fortnite, so it doesn't really matter. But <laughs> you know. This, 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 it's got a lot of potential in the future for, you know, I know my kids have a lot of friends that have PlayStations and they play these, you know, Fortnite and Rocket League um, all the time. So it'd be really, really nice, you know, for this new generation of gamers coming up to be able to play with each other, regardless of what kind of platform they have. Um, will it be like, you know, with like, uh, was it Call of Duty and Battlefield? I don't know. I don't know if they'll go that far right now i think maybe in the future possibly but um we'll see it's a good it's a good thing for gamers for yeah, sure it's, it's a good step forward yep. needed so i know we've talked about this extensively so i don't want to spend too much time on it but uh we did get the next gameplay trailer of red dead redemption 2. it um showed a bunch of uh you know new footage of animations and gunfights and other things you'll do in the world uh as usual at this point, I'm just, you know, we're only two two weeks away, two and a half weeks away, wow, um, of launch, and uh, I've seen everything I need to see, so I'm ready to uh, take off of work and just dive in. Um, but it looked incredible, and uh, only further cements my opinion that it's going to be far and away the game of the year. Yeah, I've gone silent on the game, so I haven't even bothered watching trailer. Um, I don't know, I think Red Dead Redemption will take the... Uh, We'll take that crown pretty easily, but there's a lot of other good games too that I think will get ignored because of it. <laughs> so I think it's a yeah, it's a, it's a like I think Assassin's Creed is is seeming to be the Assassin's Creed of this generation and and even the past ones. I think it's going to get ignored because of Red Dead because of that world. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what else happens um, with it, but I can't wait to play it. Unfortunately, I'm going to be missing launch date because I'll be across the pond, but um, I'll be playing it the second I get back. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 going to destroy pretty much everything out there at this point. Um, this is why I'm playing Odyssey right now, because <laughs> if I don't, it's not going to happen. And I'm glad I am because it's really, really fun. But this one's going to, it's just, everybody's going to be playing this. It's going to be enormous. I mean, just the amount of games we've gotten in the last month and then add this one to it. Plus, you know, whatever else is coming out, Hitman and Call of Duty and all this. It's just, it's almost overwhelming for a gamer. I always say it's good to have all these options, but damn, man, it's it's just too much. And they're huge games. It's not like they're you know tiny little games. You know, Forza Four, you could just spend infinite amount of time into or Horizon Four, um, Assassin's Creed, same thing. It's ginormous. I don't know if that's <laughs> a word. And Red Dead Two is probably going to be even bigger. So I can't even imagine that. I can't even like my brain can't wrap itself around the size of that game. Yeah, they no. your point's valid is like, you know, we used to get a lot of games, but when you can finish them in a couple hours, it's not that big of a deal. But now you've got, you know, 10 hundred hour games. It's like you don't it's not even possible to put all the time into all these games. Um, but yeah, on, on that note, you're talking about the size of the game. One of the things that also came out last week was that the entire Red Dead one map will be in Red Dead two. It's part of the area you play on, but it's only two of the five areas. And so if you imagine, I mean, Red Dead was a pretty damn big game. So this is at least two and a half times as big from a map perspective and a lot more detail and, you know, 
things going on in the world. So I, I just can't imagine. Um, it's going to be amazing. The only thing that I think will kind of try to steal some of the hype from Reddit is Fallout. And um, I have no idea if Fallout's going to be any good. I've already been down on Fallout quite a bit because I've been kind of over Fallout. But that's going to have a rabid response as well. And I think Red Dead has a smaller following than Grand Theft Auto does from the Rockstar perspective. So um, I still think that it's going to get all the critical acclaim. People are going to be wanting to play it. So I think it's still going to be the game of the year, though. Fallout's the only thing that will come close. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think because um, I'm a big Fallout fan and I'm anticipating 76. But when I keep thinking about the rest of the year, um, I just keep forgetting about Fallout. All my focus is Red Dead and I don't see anyone posting about Fallout. Um, but it is a much bigger PC game, traditionally anyway. Um, and with Red Dead not coming to PC, it'll be interesting to see that that breakdown. We may see a lot of the PC guys go to Fallout and, you know, console go to Red Dead, but it'll be interesting. All right, so this one, uh, Bert, I'm going to need your help on this one because you know I find it ridiculous. But we've got another compilation of Kingdom Hearts coming. Um, this one is called The Story So Far. It apparently contains nine games. Why did I think there was only three or four? Um, and this comes out in three weeks for $40, which apparently this is the definitive for the 12th time edition you want to play prior to Kingdom Hearts 3 from what they are saying. So can you help break this one down? Yeah, yeah so to your joke about um, you know the 12th time this is coming out, it's because they've constantly been remastering these games for a long time. The original Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 came out on the PlayStation 2 to kind of give you an idea how far this goes back. And then on top of that, they've had 3DS games um, and I think a PSP game that came out in addition to that. And so if you have a PlayStation 4 or have tried to play this recently, they've been split up into two different titles. There's um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 Blitz or something like, oh, Remix, I believe it's called. Yeah. That has all of the ones that, that came out with Kingdom Hearts 1. And then there's Kingdom Hearts 2.5 with all of the 3DS games that have come out on that one into one. So what this one does <laughs> is it takes all those remasters that have been remastered and all of the uh, handheld versions and puts that into one title. I will be passing on this, but if you have not played the Kingdom Hearts games and you want to play, this is the one to get. I don't think it's aged very well, and the remasters have remastered the gameplay from the original one on the PS2, and that's the only way to play it. I think the game is near impossible to play on PS2. If you have the old PS2 and want to go back to that, it's so hard to play from a gameplay perspective. This is the one you want to try, and they're releasing it because the Kingdom Hearts 3 game is finally coming out in 2019 at the early part of it. So that is a long description of it. You're fine with the PlayStation 4 remasters that go for like 15 bucks, 20 bucks now. But if you want them all in one, this is the one to get. And it is at 40 bucks. So it does come out to what it would cost to get the other two versions at $20. I'm tired now. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm tired just listening to it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Dan, are you a Kingdom Hearts fan? I can't remember. No, I played the first one and that was it. And then I, I saw all these other, you know, sometimes they come on sale on PSN. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just pick those up. I probably did. I probably bought them. And I, for some stupid reason, they were like five bucks because I did enjoy the first one when I played it back in 1982. <laughs> that was fantastic. But, you know, and it, it was cool to see, you know, kind of this JRPG mixed with Disney's, you know, IP, it, it was cool, you know, and then after that, I just said, the hell with it, I'm done, 
And it, it, then now it's just confusing. I don't even know what you said. I'm gonna be honest with you. Just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I would pull the the copies down to to show you. Maybe I'll do that later. But um, yeah, if if you are new to Kingdom Hearts and have no idea what the hell we're talking about, the simple side of it is is SquareSoft and Disney merged together. There's the Square characters from the Final Fantasy games, um, and something goes on in their world, and it has to do with the Disney world, and you pretty much merge everything, and you visit these di different Disney worlds, and that's the cool part of it. If you're a Disney fan and kind of grew up with Disney, or maybe your kids grew up with it, you go to the Nightmare Before Christmas world, or you go to the, the um, Mickey Mouse world or whatever. That's cool, um, but if you're not into Japanese art styles and their kind of way of storytelling, it's not for you, uh, I will tell you that. But um, I am excited for part three. I will be playing that one. <laughs> well, it's good. We need one of us playing it so we can talk about it. <laughs> All right. So enough of Kingdom Hearts. Uh, BlizzCon is coming up here in a few weeks as well at the end of the month, October 25th through the 29th. And uh, this is Blizzard's annual kind of convention or show or con, whatever you want to call it, where uh, we're going to hear a lot about probably Overwatch and some of the other things we're working on. But what they actually announced the other day or kind of mentioned or hinted at is that we're gonna get an update on Diablo as a franchise. And that is of great interest to me. They apparently have multiple Diablo projects in the works and they've been working on the one, I guess probably whatever Diablo 4 will turn out to be for a few years already. So um, if you know Blizzard and you know the development timelines, you, you know not to get excited because it still could be another decade before we see Diablo 4. Um, but it is it is nice to know that we're going to get some sort of update and a little exciting to uh, just see more about Diablo because it's time. It's been seven years, I think, or six years since Diablo 3 launched. And while they've done a fantastic job of updating it and adding to it and continuing to uh, to evolve it, it's time for uh, something new. So we'll see. Yeah, and Ains has played every version of Diablo 3 too. <laughs> so, um, Far too much. Yeah. I don't really have much to say on this. I think it's cool it's coming out. I have not actually spent a lot of time in Diablo 3, but I played the hell out of 1 back on PC when it was good. So any announcement on Diablo is good for me. Um, I love Blizzard for the kind of company they are, and usually any product they release is very high quality, so I'm very excited for it. All true. I'm going to be playing the heck out of it too. I, I don't know. You know. Hopefully it'll come out for the Xbox. I prefer playing it on the PC, but... You know, as an achievement guy, I kind of want to get some on the Xbox. Mm. I played two a lot, like mm. a lot on the PC. Probably way too much. A lot of people did. Yeah, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite one so far of the series. Three was good. I've got it for the Xbox. Um, I played a couple of the seasons, uh, season stuff, whatever that is. I finished the game on easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just make put that out there. Um, but it's fun. It's it's one of those games. I you know I got my son into it, and we were, we started playing. You know, made new characters up and started playing some uh, some co op stuff. It was, it was really good. I hope this is. I hope they just announce it and say, "Hey, it's coming out today!" Yay! <laughs> right in the middle of everything else. <laughs> yeah, maybe in twenty twenty two. We'll see. Yeah. It's one of the uh, best co op games to play. So yeah. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. I really hope that, uh, you know, because we got the PC version of Diablo 3 and it took a good year and a half, two years before the console version, which was the 360 at the time, um, came out. So I'm really hoping that uh, they do console and PC on the same day and date this time. But with all the UI changes they have to make, I don't know if they will. We'll see. And it is traditionally a PC franchise. So um, if it is but, PC only, then it looks like I may have to build a new PC. Yeah, with <clears throat> but with keyboard and mouse coming... True. That could be something that makes it a little easier for them to get it on there. Quicker. That's true. Yep. 
we'll see. Anyway. All right. And then uh, one that I know uh, our friend Bert is a big fan of is that uh, name changes are finally cut. Well, supposedly finally coming to PSN. We've been talking about this for years now, but uh, report out of Kotaku, our favorite site. I'm kidding. Um, is that game developers are preparing for PSN name changes. So tying back to the accounts on various servers for development companies and publishing companies. So uh, it looks like, you know, the rumor was that this was coming before the end of the year with developers preparing and coding for it. That seems to be more of a reality now. And finally, 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 hook gonna be, can be put to bed, right? <laughs> You're acting like that's getting changed. <laughs> what are you talking about here? No, it, it, it's also it's rumored to be in the most recent 6.0 update. So it's just a matter of the games turning it on and Sony saying, let's let's flip it. But it is nuts that we are in almost 2019 and that is still not available on PSN. So I think that's very weird, but hopefully it's right around the corner. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at this point. It's bizarre. No. Nope. So. All so right. I'm, I'm glad I got on that train late. I don't have to actually change mine. <laughs> I got lucky. My name hasn't changed in like 15, 20 years. So. All right. So that's all the news we have. We It's pretty light in terms of uh, just general industry news, but we do have some uh, developer-related things to talk about, some rumors to talk about. So let's start with the developer side. So Telltale, uh, following this saga of uh, Telltale kind of collapsing and laying off everyone, uh, a couple days ago now, they laid off the majority of their remaining staff. So if you remember last time we talked about this, there were 25 people still working on the Netflix uh, show of Minecraft, and uh, the majority of those have been laid off as well now, and Telltale is basically done at this point officially. Um, however, they did say that they were looking to find some sort of agreement to finish The Walking Dead final season. And uh, Skybound, so the owners of The Walking Dead, and you may know more about this, Bert, than I do, but the owners of The Walking Dead IP uh, announced just yesterday, the day before, uh, as of this recording anyway, that they uh, have come to an agreement to finish The Walking Dead season, uh, final season, so episodes three and four. Uh, we don't really know the details around who's developing it or when or timeline, but just that it is going to happen. So this is kind of good news. Um, you know, why I want to see The Walking Dead finish and, and see Clementine's story come to a, a actual written end. Uh, I still feel bad for these developers, and it would be kind of odd to me if all these guys were laid off and uh, they just went and hired some other people to finish it, just to finish it. So um, kind of waiting to see the details on this one. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> you said I may know a little bit more. There, there really isn't that much else news on it right now, except that small announcement that I think came out yesterday afternoon. Um, and that's all we kind of know about it. And I think what they're going to do is use the work that has already been worked on at Telltale and simply take over the, uh, the stuff and finish the game off. And that might be a launching pad for Skybound to do some other things with that kind of gameplay. So that's all we know. All right. All right. Well, um, on that topic, too, I just want to give a quick shout out because this happened just late last night. But Scott Wilson, so if you're a fan of Walking Dead, um, Scott Wilson, who played Chir uh, not Churchill Herschel in uh, Churchill Herschel in The Walking Dead, uh, actually passed away last night, and that is quite sad. He was a really, really nice guy. My wife and family actually got to meet him a couple years ago here in Kansas City, and we got a picture with him. And he was just the friendliest, nicest guy, um, especially when you're talking about the environment at, at like a Comic Con. Um, he went out of his way to get extra pictures and uh, just good conversation. So kind of sad to see him uh, passing on, but just wanted to mention that so other developer news playground games which we were just joking about with the harry potter thing at the start they are hiring like 
crazy. So we already know uh, they killed it with Horizon 4, which we'll talk about. And uh, that's their franchise. We already know they're working on an open-world RPG of some sort, which is rumored to be Fable. Another rumor came out that they're actually working on a third project as well. And this hiring spree kind of lends a little more um, validity to that rumor because they actually have 177 open positions right now that they're hiring for uh, on top of the staff they already have, which I, if I recall correctly, was somewhere in the ballpark of 100 to 110 people. So more than double. I think if I'm wrong on that, guys, correct me. But that would take them up to about a 300-person development studio, which is really, really AAA. That's that's getting up there around uh, coalition size and you know the the big, big companies for uh, first party. So I think this is great. They seem to be extremely talented, and uh, it's going to be great to see what they produce in the future. Yeah, some of the stuff that I've been hearing is that they're prepping for the next generation already. And um, the whatever that big game is going to be is going to come out at the end of this generation. It's going to kind of um, cement it into the next generation and even maybe potentially have a port of that game that'll be on two different consoles. So like the, the X, for example, and whatever the next Xbox console is going to be. So that's what I've been hearing in the rumor mill, but I have no idea. It could be the, the whole talk that we were talking about a second ago with the Harry Potter game or even a third game that we don't even know about. So um, they have a lot to work on. Yeah, it's exciting, man, because, you know, I mean, they've, they've done amazing work with Forza. Um, Fable is something that everybody wants, um, at least Xbox gamers for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. You know, I mean, I... It, like I said, any anytime news like this happens, you know, it kind of balances out. I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, with with, with these other smaller <clears throat> um, developers closing down, it's good to see that some of these positions are still opening, that the game industry is still going. I do feel bad for those devs that you know from Telltale that lost all their jobs, but obviously, they're you know, it's it's not a trend, which is good for us. Um, that's a lot of people. I mean, a lot, you know, and I know they work with uh, uh, who does Forza turn 10. Turn, turn, yeah. Yeah. So part, you know, they're, they're not even all of their, you know, anybody that maybe they're working on a Forza Horizon 5, you know, that's only going to be part of their dev team working with turn 10, you know, so there's going to be, you know, potentially, I mean, I don't know you said 300. Gosh, it's all yeah, I, I think they're like a 110 person studio right now. I could be way off, but that's just what ringing in my head. So this would yeah. take them to near 300, which is really big. That's huge. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's good. Yeah, stuff. so it's interesting. Um, yeah, good news. Though. To your point, though, you know, at least um, at least there's some balance. The industry is growing. So even though we see like Capcom Vancouver and Telltale shutting down, there are other companies that are really hiring up and the next developer update is just that. So Rocksteady, developers of the Arkham series, um, still considered some of, if not the best, uh, Comic-Con and base character games ever made. The rumor for a long time now has been that they're making a Superman game. Uh, that was updated last week to be a bigger rumor, which is that they're actually making a Justice League game, which will be in the same vein as what they did with Arkham and potentially Superman, but you'll actually get to play all these superheroes in the Justice League. That could be fantastic knowing their pedigree, but they are hiring up as well. So a bunch of open positions at Rocksteady, they were posting on social media about it. And uh, it's clear that they are producing something big. So um, I don't know if, you know, who knows how 
what kind of impact Spider-Man had on this development, uh, you know, with like Crystal Dynamics Avengers game or Rocksteady's potential Justice League game. Spider-Man has been a massive, massive hit, selling like crazy, tons of social media, you know, uh, talk about it. So, uh, you know, I think these companies know that these have a huge potential for sales and they're going to, you know, really put the development time and money behind them. So good news here as well. Bring a Justice League game on. So I cannot wait. <laughs> yep. It'll be better than the movie, no matter what they produce. It will not be hard to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm a—I was a DC fan, but God, that movie was bad. Man, I—I I, I don't like DC at all. Not, not, not at all. These, these things. Though. <laughs> yeah, just do it justice. Yeah. All right. Nice. I just had, had to slip that in there. That was all right. <laughs> So we had a couple of rumors. The first was that this is a potential Justice League game. So uh, instead of Superman, obviously, Bert would be all over it. Um, not too much to speak about on it other than that, though. It's just a rumor that came out. I think it would be really cool if you think about the dynamics of getting the switch between like a play style of Aquaman versus Batman versus the Flash. I mean, that could be incredible if done right. But I would I'll go ahead. And Sorry, I was just going to say. I could imagine though. Can you imagine trying to really fine tune the play style for each of those characters? Like, think about how long it took them to get Spider Man right, and trying to do that for like six superheroes could be yeah. that could be a while. So I have heard the rumored roster of the Justice League. Um, so two things. First thing is is that the game will not release this generation. It will be next generation that it'll come out on. You have Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Green Lantern. Cyborg and Flash. So um, Aquaman was not part of the, the roster that they were talking about. I don't know how they would bring him into the world without um, having like a massive world um, with it out big, but it, it could be that big. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine trying to do super speed like Flash and then having to do Superman flying and then Batman still jumping from building to building. So whatever it is, Rocksteady has been working on this game for a long time. Arkham Knight <clears throat> came out a while ago. The remasters weren't even handled by Rocksteady, so that's something else. Um, so whatever it is they're working on, it's going to be big. Even if it's just a Superman title, I hope it does that justice because um, <laughs> we have not had a good Superman game really ever. So I think that would be great. Superman hey, 64 yeah. begs to differ. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I forgot about that game. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, every time I think about it, I don't know why it just pops in my head like a, you know, those old arcade Ninja Turtle games. That's <laughs> for some reason. This is what I'm picturing this game being. I know I'm way off. It's just it's stupid. But <laughs> if they do it right, I think it could be awesome. You know, I know uh, when when they had a uh, in the in Arkham Knight when you could switch between uh, was it Nightwing and Batman and like on the fly like that. That was awesome. I mean, it was just fun, and they did a really good job with that transition and stuff like that. I just don't know. I mean, it's. I'm excited to see what they got. You know, Rocksteady, their, their games are amazing. Their Batman games have been unreal. I've loved every one of them except for the city one. Sorry, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> but um, otherwise, I mean, I, I love playing them, and we'll see what they got. Yeah, they're my favorite British studio. So, I mean, uh, my, the, the, I even like them more than Playground just because I'm, oh, a, no. oh, I'm, no. a, I'm a Batman fan. But um, they have had, like, I believe in Arkham Knight and Arkham City, you could play multi, multiple characters. So you could play as Catwoman, which is very different from Batman. But they still had the, the, the big melee, uh, I guess, combat. So throwing in other powers of these other characters would be extremely new for them. And I hope that it is what it is. But I, I don't know. We'll see. Big rumor now. 
Yeah, whatever, uh, whatever it is, Dan, it'll be better than that Spider-Man game we played last week at uh, the arcade. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, the last rumor, and we're going to talk about this more on our main topic here shortly, but uh, a lot of sites reporting that there is new Switch hardware coming next year. So there's this has been rumored for a little while now, potentially a slightly more powerful Switch, maybe with a higher resolution or bigger screen. Um, you know, something a little more high end than the initial switch. So we don't know how much validity this has. Nintendo obviously hasn't commented on it, but a lot of major sites have reported it. So uh, seems to at least have some potential of actually occurring, um, which is interesting. So I don't know if you guys want to say anything on this before we talk about the main topic. I think this is a good uh, platform to talk about about the new switch versus the existing one. And, and my thing about it would be... Um, I think it's real because Nintendo and their handhelds, if you think about how many 3D or 3DSs there has been and how many DSs there has been, it gets a little silly. So for them to simply make a newer, better handheld, in my opinion, is it easy for them? My biggest thing is I have no idea what it would take for me to get a new Switch. I don't know if the screen or um, being maybe 1080p like all phones have been for a long time now um, would, would be something there. Or maybe like a new microphone port where you could simply plug in any headset to, for it to work. Um, I don't know what it would be. A, for me, it'd probably be a better battery life because, in my opinion, the Switch battery is a joke if you're playing off the dog. Mm-hmm. So it'd have to be something new. Yep. Well, it pisses me off because I guarantee you, here, here's what's going to happen. It's going to come out. It's going to be maybe 1080p and a little bit faster. Don't bullshit me, Nintendo, and tell me yeah. that stuff couldn't have been done a year yeah. ago, right? right? This is it, that kind of stuff makes me so mad because i love being you know that first person you know to try out the new te- technology i got the scorpio edition you know i, I bought the switch you know it, it's and then you come out and you give me this slightly upgraded model if that's what it is i will beat the shit out of nintendo <laughs> in general yeah it's gonna, to dan's point if it comes out to what it should have been in 2017 that's going to be really frustrating for i think a lot of people because for yeah. people that are in the tech industry the switch that came out from a hardware perspective, not software, was really not what it should have been. It was not exactly impressive. I guess you could say a 720p screen in 2017. Come on now. Yeah. It's, it's garbage. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that screen had to cost nothing. You could get 40-inch 720p screens for like 100 bucks. I mean, you know, the, what's it, 7-inch? Like the Vita, which came, when did the Vita come out? 2013? 2014. 2014 had an OLED screen like you know what we're dealing with a 720p garbage screen on the switch it's it's odd so anyway uh we're going to talk a lot more about the switch here shortly but for now let's talk about new releases because we uh we have a lot to comment here so as usual I'll run down some of the big new releases here and some of the scores they're getting and then we can talk through some of them so the big one two big ones really are Forza Horizon 4 which is sitting at a 92 on Open Critic. It is currently, both on Metacritic and Open Critic, the second highest rated game of the year behind God of War. So this has surpassed everything. All the other big games that you think of for this year, Forza Horizon 4 has topped them other than God of War, which is kind of sitting alone way up there. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey has been getting excellent, excellent reviews. A lot of people calling it the best in the series. It's sitting at an 85, which is, again, really strong. And uh, Dan will tell us all about that here shortly. Mega Man 11. Uh, I'm actually kind of interested in this. I'm not a huge Mega Man fan, but I've heard this is uh, very challenging and difficult. So right away, that's got me uh, interested. Um, And that's sitting at an 81. 
Speaking of the Switch, we have a new Super Mario Party, finally. Um, it's not getting rated too well. It's a 79, so it's, it's good. Um, but I've heard some negative things, which I'll touch on as well. The first episode of the new Life is Strange season is out, and that's getting rated pretty well at an 82. And then lastly, uh, what is being called potentially the best uh, PlayStation VR title yet came out in Astrobot. And it's uh, sitting at an 88, one of the highest rated games of the year on the PlayStation VR platform. So supposedly a really, really good platforming game, which of course, again, has me really interested. So if they keep releasing things like this, I may actually have to pick up a PSVR here in the near future. But let's talk about the big ones. So uh, Dan, why don't you kick us off on Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah, I, I started playing it on the release date. I got the Ultimate Edition. It is, I can't say right now if it's like the best one out of the series. I mean, from a technical standpoint, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's I can't even compare it to <clears throat> like Brotherhood or something like that. Um, but it's, when I first started playing, I was like, okay, this is basically a reskinned Origins, which isn't bad because I enjoyed Origins. But the further you get into it, and the more things you start opening up, it starts to, you know, you start to realize, okay, this isn't, uh, this isn't Origins. I really thought they were going for more of a, like a, a Rise plus, you know, Assassin's Creed and kind of merging the two. And it, it's almost like that just from, you know, the, the, the Greek standpoint, the, you know, that Spartan warrior thing going on. It's so much fun, but it's so big. I mean, big. And, you know, I told you guys before, I didn't like the naval combat. This naval combat is so freaking fun. <laughs> it's turned him. crazy. I, it, it has. You know, I didn't do much of the Origins one. So I, you know, because I just like, I hate this. I hate it. I couldn't control it well. I, I thought it was terrible. This one, it just seems like it's more streamlined. It's better. I don't know what they did. Um, and which I, is, um, not to interrupt you, Dan, which is no, kind no, of no. funny because... Um, it's actually the Black Flag team that did Origins, and the team right. that did uh, Odyssey is the Syndicate team. So uh, it, you would think it would be vice Crazy. versa, right? Like yeah. the it would right. be better in Origins, but uh, well, they obviously did something to polish it up. Right. I didn't even play much of Black Flag because of that reason. I didn't want to get into the naval combat stuff. Now it's got me thinking I need to go back and actually do that. But <laughs> after playing this, it'll probably suck. Just because. <laughs> This one is it's just so good. Um, the characters are likable. Um, I'm playing as Cassandra. Um, it's it's well acted. You know, the only problem, I, and it's with this, like in all Assassin's Creed games, you just don't ever get that, you know, the bad guys, I don't even know who they are. So it, it, they're never really super fleshed out, I guess. It's, <laughs> they're, they're kind of just like, hey, you got to go kill this guy and you got to go kill, you know, these three guys to get to this guy. Just like, any of the, you know, that's just how they are. They've been that way for a while, you know, since, I don't know, Syndicate or, I don't know if Black Flag did it or not. But it's just fun. It's really, really good. It looks amazing. Um, gameplay is tight. The controls take a little bit to get used to. Um, I mean, even though they're similar to Origins, it just plays a little bit differently based on your weapon, your weapon choices. And there's still the assassin the assassin-y thing in there. That's what I was really <laughs> afraid that I was going to be missing <laughs> without like the hidden blade. But that spear of Leonidas is a badass weapon. It just <laughs> is nuts. 
I've heard that the combat, so I've heard two things. You can tell me if they're true. I've heard the combat is better and more fluid than Origins, and I've heard that there is a skill tree path that you can go down for the Assassin if you still want to play that way, too. Yes, there's a, you've got basically three different skill trees. You've got the Assassin, you've got the Warrior, which gives you, like, you know, the Spartan kick, and you can mix and match, and then you can do, like, the Hunter, which oh, is your, your arrows, yeah, bow and arrows. Um, I haven't really played a whole lot with that bow and arrow thing because you don't really need to um i'm used to playing with like swords and daggers and making it fast and you know that's kind of my combat style i started playing with a spear like an actual spear not the spear of leonidas which is basically a dagger and it is it's disgusting it's disgusting how much damage you can do to some people and it's just it's just cool to look at it's fun to play you know it transitions really well from the naval stuff i mean you can just go do that as much as you want and then come right back to uh, to just your regular gameplay. And the transversal part of that, where you can go from island to island, you know, and it's kind of like Spider-Man, where you could fast travel if you want to, but you really don't want to because you want to jump on that boat and go to the next place. There's occasions where it's like, oh, no, I'm not going 6,000 miles or whatever the hell it is. I got to go and, you know, but it, it's it's great. I've had a lot of fun with it. Excellent. Uh, Bird, I know you said you picked it up, but you, have you started it yet? Not even installed yet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, I need It's still in its wrapper, brand new, and I made a big rush to go pick it up um, to get the pre-order bonus, which is like a lithograph that you get signed from the team. Um, but um, I need to install it. I have, I've been working on other games, but um, I'm probably going to pick it up and probably play the hell out of it while I'm in London. So Nice. I'll do that. So let's talk on the other big one is Forza Horizon 4, and uh, I have played a little bit of this. Um, in fact, uh, I'm joking. It's literally all I have played, uh, other than testing the controller here, which I'll touch on. Um, I have played nothing but Forza Horizon 4 and have tens of hours into it already. I think I'm like a level 120 something. Um, it is incredible. It is, I think, um, I can't think of a racing game I like more ever. Uh, I know some of the Project Gotham's were way up there for me. Some of the original Forza's, like Forza 2 Motorsport. Um, but this is just so good. There's so much to do. There's so much integration, um, especially if you're playing with your friends. It's a laugh riot. We've had some really hilarious uh, races together already. Uh, there's the live Forza events. There's the changing of the seasons, which is amazing. And we're in autumn right now with you know winter coming soon, which will change the map. And um, I can't say enough good things about it, though it, the only complaint I really have is there's some kind of funkiness with uh, grouping up in a party right now. So I hope they work some of that out because we've run into issues there. In fact, even last night. But uh, other than that, it's just um, it is truly incredible. And it is gorgeous, stunningly gorgeous. Um, the pictures being taken in it look like real life a lot of times. It's it's amazing. I've had a blast, to be honest. <laughs> it's just it's one of those things where I don't play a lot of racing games. Um, this is this one and Forza are basically the only two uh, burnout, but this one, it's so it's one of those things. Like every game I play seems like lately, I, it's just super overwhelming. Like oh, here's like three different races you can do. I do one of those races and fifteen more open, and you're <laughs> like, oh crap, where do I go now? And it's it's I've never been one of those people that do like weekly challenges or daily challenges. I want to do the weekly challenges in this game, you know, try to get you know. I don't know what the last one was, but I got the Sea of Thieves horn. It's stupid, <laughs> and I hate cosmetics and stuff like that, but that was something I needed to have, so I had to do those weekly challenges, get my Forza points, 
So it makes you want to play the game more and makes you want to explore all these different things that are in it, which are a shit ton. There's a ton, tons of stuff. And playing with you guys, super fun, stupid. Except when you play with the stupid rally car with real drive. Oh my <laughs> and god! You get on dirt. It, that was the worst five races of my life. Yeah, part we got on to. Uh, we did a five race championship rally last night, and I told Dan, "There's this one rally car. I forget which one it is. Now it's rear wheel drive. It. You cannot control it. Literally, you can't keep it straight, no matter what you do." Uh, once it hits dirt, and I told him that ahead of the race now, and he picked it anyway. And then I was like, Well, if you're picking it, I'll pick it. And we literally just spent five races going nowhere and getting last place in 11th and 12th. <laughs> so, but was so it was still hilarious. Um, it was funny. yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, the mistake I made, and let me tell you what's up with that, is um, I played the hell out of Forza Horizon 3. And I did it in two different stages. So when the game first came out, I must have put about 50 hours into it. Took a break because I was doing nothing but that. And I'm a big completionist, as you guys know. So I tried to get everything at that point. Took a break, played the heck out of Forza, uh, Forza Motorsport 7. Uh, spent a ton of time that, took a break. And then in August, that just happened a few months ago, a couple months ago, I went back to Forza Horizon 3 to check out the enhancements and everything. So I played the heck out of that. When I come back to Forza Horizon 4, <clears throat> It's very, very similar. So once you get into the actual games um, and racing, to me, it's very repetitive of the same perspective. You spend a lot of time in the same cars that you play in all your Forza Horizons. Um, Forza Horizon 3 has not the weather changes, but it's got the environment changes. So if you want to go do for rainforest stuff and rain, you go do that. If you want to go to the desert, you do that. So it's a different take on it. The part where I think Forza Horizon 4 is so much better than Forza Horizon 3 is the multiplayer stuff that we've just been talking about and all the new things you can do in the challenge perspective. That's completely missing in Forza Horizon 3. So um, I'm having more fun playing at multiplayer than single player right now um, with you guys. And that's what I usually mainly do it on. I have so many other things to do that for me, I, I needed the break from Forza Horizon single player to do other things. And so I will probably come back to Forza Horizon 4 later on when I want to get back into the race mode. So that's I'm a little different from you guys because I played so much of 3. So um, I think a lot of people that didn't play three are loving four. All right. Any um, anything else you guys are playing you want to touch on right now? Dan, not no. I'll go. Um, <laughs> I finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and I finished every achievement except one mother effing one that's glitched <laughs> out um, because I can't get the last tiny cache that's in one of these cities. Um, so I have 99.88% completion on the game, and it is for a five-point achievement. Um, and it's a well-known glitch. Um, apparently, there is this one little one that can't be found sometimes. When I played it in the uh, hardest mode, I found it in two seconds. It was ready to go. But I'm hoping they fix that glitch, because right now I have 995 gamer score on the point of this game. game. Uh. But uh, yeah, Sucks. super, super frustrating. But uh, hopefully they fix it and it'll simply be a quick two second thing and I'm, I'm done with that game at that point. But if you haven't played Shadow of the Tomb Raider and you need something quick that's only around 15 to 20 hours to get through, pick it up. It's great. Yeah, I think both Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Odyssey are two games I'll pick up for, you know, 20 bucks over the holidays or something like that before, uh, you know, after Red Dead, but before the February craziness hits. Because uh, I think the only big thing coming in January right now is Kingdom Hearts, and I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. So um, I think Resident Evil 2 remake as well, but that's you know that's something different in my opinion. So all right, cool. The only other stuff I've been playing, um, 
still since we last talked i put some more time in the dragon quest 11. um it's grown on me just a little bit i was pretty harsh on it last time we spoke uh, i still feel it. it's kind of dated a little slow but it has the world's opened up a little bit for me now so i'll, I'll keep trying to to push through on that and then uh played a little more um spider-man just uh really to mess around with the scuff controller that i'll talk about but nothing too big otherwise i mean we're still playing the hell out of nhl 19. Uh, I will give a uh, my hats off to Bert last night. He got his first hat trick in a game, so nice. crowd crowd went wild. Got a good win there. So, all right, went wild in the opponent stadium. That's, That's true. What happened? That's yeah. true. He he's just likable in every arena we go to. That's what it is. That's true. <laughs> Bert Sands. <laughs> Sands. All right, let's hit that main topic up. So today I wanted to have an honest discussion. And I say honest because it seems like there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of chatter about the Switch, especially as we know among the Nintendo community itself, the kind of diehards. But there's a lot of discussion about the Switch being this amazing console. And I still feel, personally anyway, and we'll have a discussion about it, that it has a lot of faults and that there are some uh, caveats and qualifications to calling it an excellent console um, and some questions that should be asked. So I wanted to just talk with you guys because I know all three of us have the Switch. We've all played it quite a bit. We all have uh, unique opinions about it and kind of talk about with this rumor of the new hardware potentially coming out and the Switch only having been out for 18 months. Nintendo Online is now out. Uh, all the really big exclusives, uh, prior to Metroid, of course, have come out. So let's uh, let's talk through it and see why it's selling so well and why um, people continue to rave about it, at least to some degree. Um, because personally, I don't think a lot of it is well-deserved. So <clears throat> let's look at, let's start by talking about the big releases on the Switch, uh, starting with sales. So the best-selling game on the Switch is Super Mario Odyssey. Um, I don't think that's really a big surprise to anyone. Mario is Mario. It is also one of the few games that is a truly kind of major AAA IP on the Switch. Uh, everyone expects a new Mario game. Then from there, Breath, or excuse me, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is the second best-selling game on the Switch, and that, as we know, is a port from the Wii U. Um, not a whole lot new to it. Some characters, some tracks, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same game. From there, you go to Breath of the Wild, which again was actually a Wii U title. A lot of people call this a Switch exclusive, but it was actually a Wii U title that just happened to be on the Switch as well. You don't need a Switch to play it. And then from there, you go to Splatoon 2, which again is a uh, kind of modified, upgraded version of Splatoon 1, which was on the Wii U. So they have uh, obviously uh, updated a lot on the online side of it, and they do competitions and things like that. But for the most part, again, this was a game that was brought over content-wise. From there, those are really the four big selling games on the Switch. There's a massive drop-off in sales after that point. Uh, nothing else has sold over 3 million copies on the Switch um, after those four titles. And the ones that have after that are 1-2 Switch, which is kind of hilarious to think about. Uh, Arms, which again, kind of hilarious to think about, and uh, Mario and Rabbids, uh, Ubisoft's game, which uh, we kind of liked, but it, it didn't really see huge sales. So I kind of want to talk about, you know, there's a talk of all this great software on the Switch and all these games you want to play. And really, when you step back and look at this, the software on the Switch is Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, now I'm talking about games you can only play on the Switch. Super Mario Odyssey, um, 
And that's about it. You get Splatoon 2, and then you have a few other smaller titles like Mario and Rabbit, Mario and Rabbits, excuse me. Um, so what are you guys' thoughts here 18 months in on the actual software content for the platform? Go ahead, Bird. <laughs> I talked for a while. Sorry. I know, I know, I know he's got a lot to say. No, I mean, I, I, I'm actually going to keep it short. Um, I, funny enough, I, I tweeted about this, I think, this last week or, or two weeks ago, and Dan had a good response, so complete respect to him. I will probably have differing opinions here, but if um, if you were a Wii U adopter, whether, whether you were early an adopter or a late adopter, and you picked up a lot of the software, which, as you can see, you have a lot of the software from the Wii U, and I loved my Wii U. I still play my Wii U. Um, and Super Smash Brothers is a port, damn it, coming out because I have that one on the Wii U also. Um, it's uh, not, not a lot of new stuff for you. And as we talked about in our last main topic, one of the things about Nintendo games is there's no achievements, trophies, any Nintendo points or anything from it. So I personally cannot see myself replaying some of those games that I already played the heck out of on the Wii U. So for me, the only new game that I've really got a lot of or new games because I did not pick up Zelda on the Wii U was Zelda and Mario. And um, I did pick up Mario uh, and Rabbids, and I played the heck out of the game. I actually love that game. It's my uh, second favorite game that is specific to the Switch on the Switch. But um, if you were not a Wii U adopter, you might be thinking you have tons of new stuff to play and stuff like that. If you were a Wii U adopter, um, not as much stuff to play. You might be having uh, to dust your Switch fairly often. Um, there is a few newer games, I guess, like Project Octopath and a few other ones. Or I should say, not Project Octopath, Octopath Traveler. Um, and a few other games coming. Um, but other than that, it's really hard to compare it to your PlayStation and uh, Xbox, even though Nintendo claims that's not their competition. But um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm uh, in the camp that believes the Switch is a bit overhyped personally. Um, I know other people think it's the best thing around and that's the only thing they play. So when a game like Doom or Wolfenstein 2 comes to them, they're like, oh my God, this is the greatest game ever. Even though you're playing a very downgraded version of a game that's actually cheaper and a better experience on also on a cheaper console. You can buy an Xbox One or a PlayStation base console for 150 to 200 bucks and still be cheaper than the Switch. And then buy those games for 15 to 20 bucks and still be almost $40 cheaper than the Switch version. So to me, um, I'm very confused. That's what I can say. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at a loss. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, okay, so here's the thing. I, when I, I remember that tweet. It was, <laughs> for me, I've been playing it a little bit more lately, and that is mostly based on Octopath Traveler. Um, but like I told you, Ains, I, I kind of started getting to this little JRPG stuff, you know, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I haven't, I'm actually going to start that today. Um, uh, Monster Hunter, uh, the new Monster Hunter, which is a port <laughs> also, but not. I think a lot of people, I mean, we look at it through, from from like our perspective. We're really hardcore gamers. We have every system. We have all this stuff. There's a lot of people that, I mean, the majority, I'd say 90% of them, that don't, that didn't have the Wii U, that didn't doesn't have a 3DS or whatever that is. And all these ports are like new titles for them. Um, and it, just from a software perspective, yeah, Odyssey, I, it's like the one I did. I got it. I just haven't played it a whole lot. My kids loved it. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That's more of a, you know, something I get together with the kids. We play together. And that's th this is where it's going to keep coming back to, is the kids play this stuff a lot more. I think it's a more family-friendly console um, from a hardware perspective. The portability, for me, is huge. Um, 
being able to pop it out of that deal and, you know, like today, in about 50 minutes, my wife gets her three hours on the giant flat screen TV. So I grab my Switch and have my Switch time because the Chiefs game's on. Um, other than that, yeah, there, everything's pretty much ported. I mean, there's no really arguing it. Um, but a lot of those games I haven't played, you know, and I think that's true for a lot of people. Um, I don't think it's the best console out there. Um, I think, like you said, Bert, you can get like Doom on the Xbox for a reasonable price, much cheaper actually with the game or Wolfenstein 3D or whatever it is and get a better experience overall. But I don't think that's really what it's made for. You know, I don't think it's made to have those big AAA games. There's a ton, a ton of indie games on that eShop. And I, I have a lot of those downloaded too. Um, haven't played them. But <laughs> that's where I actually played Hollow Knight for the first time. And it was, you know, I'm glad I did because then I ended up buying it for the Xbox. So <laughs> just for the achievements, it's a really good game. But there's a lot of, the, you know, I mean, that, that's that's kind of the, one of those things where, you know, I can take it with me. I can go do all that stuff. That's more of a hardware, you know, point. But um, I, there is a lot, I think, of potential. Now, if they're releasing that new hardware, that's going to piss me off, like I said before. But we'll get to that in a minute, I'm, I'm guessing. So, yeah, I think I think Bert's point is pretty valid is that because uh, I have a Wii U and I have most of the major exclusives you had. I had Mario Party 8 and I had uh, Donkey Kong Country and all those games for the Wii U. So when I see them listed as big releases for the Switch, I'm like, how are these big releases? It doesn't really make any sense. And to your guys, both your points around third party support, we hear often that the Switch is gaining tremendous third party support. And I think that's a little bit of a misnomer, right? I think people are only saying that because Nintendo consoles traditionally have had terrible third-party support. So the fact that the some of these big games, Skyrim and Wolfenstein and Doom, are actually coming to the Switch is so kind of new for Nintendo-only players, to Bert's point. I think they're kind of amazed that they're actually coming. But when you have the other consoles or you have a PC, you're like, why is this amazing? It doesn't make any sense. Why, why would I pay $60 for Skyrim on the Switch when it's a six-year-old game or five-year-old game that you can get on any other platform for 10 bucks. It's uh, it's kind of bizarre, I think, in that regard. And I think because, to your point, Dan, about the portability factor, I think that's the biggest thing the Switch has going for it is the portability factor because that's the uh, main reason, I think, anyway, that people are buying software again or buying it... Um, you know, for the first time or for at greater prices on the Switch, it's because they think, oh, now I can play Skyrim anywhere rather than just playing it in my house. Whether or not they do is a whole nother matter, but I think it's that thought process that adds to that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, really, if you look at, I mean, how many, aside from, you know, the hardcore community has all three systems? I don't think a lot of them do. I mean, a lot of people only have one, either Xbox or PlayStation or the switch and that like i said before that switch is going to probably appeal to that you know more casual gameplay fun stuff you can do with your family thing i think that's why it's selling like crazy and also it's like the kojima of consoles you know you just put nintendo <laughs> in front of it and it's just going to sell i mean it just does you know like you said Bert, they've had eighteen thousand different 3ds's 
or you know or 2ds's and you know and they keep they're still making new ones i mean they're still making new different things and, and people will eat it up because it says nintendo because that's what everybody grew up on that's what people know when they think of gaming i mean to the layman that's you know oh you know you play video games oh you play nintendo i mean that's just you know it's maybe less now than it was you know 10 15 years ago but that's you know that's what people go to the people that don't know this stuff the people like i told you guys you know my wife we picked up that the i gave her a super mario brothers the first one when they came out with the virtual console thing on the switch the other day and she beat it in like 15 minutes I mean, it was, it was like, what the hell just happened? Who is this woman I married? You know, I just don't understand what, what the hell just happened. And it's, it's, you know, and that's what she knows. And she remembered every single part of that game, you know, because of that's what they grew up with. You know, now, as far as newer players coming into the, you know, it all depends on where you want to go. Now that Fortnite's on there, it's just going to keep selling it more. You know, it, it's, it's, there's so many different options. They released a Switch version with, 2000 B bucks and a skin, all of a sudden that thing's gonna go shoot through the roof. Xbox did the same thing, you know, PlayStation did the same thing. They're just, it's just, I think it's just that nostalgia factor. I think it's, you know, that easy access kind of, you know, gaming that, you know, most, I would say, a large percentage of people uh, look forward to or look into when they decide on what to get. Yeah, I think, um, I think just as I said, I want to have kind of an honest discussion on it because I think you're right. I think nostalgia plays a huge factor in seeing just Mario and those classic characters. And I think Nintendo knows that, right? Because they capitalize on that huge. Um, and they have continued to for generations. But um, when you look at uh, other aspects, so for instance, uh, you know, one of the other things I had listed here was the UI on the Switch. It's incredibly basic. Um, it has almost no functionality to, I know Bert said it, it has no achievements or trophies. They have almost no app support. Uh, there's almost no connectivity between players or the community or sharing. Um, it's very, very simplified and minor. I mean, almost to the point of what you know would have been like a launch 360 or launch PS3, uh, which is 13 years ago now. And so, you know, we thought, well, maybe that's just at launch. They rushed this thing out. Here we are, 18 months later, and there's been some updates, but nothing really substantial. There's still no achievements, trophies, or, or kind of. Uh, system to keep track of your gameplay or, or you know achievements in that sense um nintendo online has also released and been really lackluster uh, you get cloud saves you get some of those old games like you said and we touched on this before so i won't harp on it but uh it, you know they said we're gonna take an extra six 12 months to flesh out the online system and then when they introduce it it's there's nothing more fleshed out it's the same thing they kind of joked about a year ago um i just uh I don't know how that's not in a, a bigger discussion point among the community. And maybe it is, and maybe I just don't see it. But I think um, when looked at objectively, the the UI and the online and the, kind of the feature set of the Switch is really, really lacking as well. Yeah, I, I think it's to Dan's point. I think it's the people that are Nintendo only. This is all new to them. And to them, this is something that's amazing, uh, being able to play online. Finally, you know, if you think of the past consoles, the uh, home consoles online has not been a possibility, but if you look at their handheld consoles online has been available for a long time now. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's a very strange place to be in. I think if you were a Wii U person, this, the switch is not that impressive. If you were not a Wii U person, um, the switch is something that has a massive library and something new to you. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, one thing that I had seen a long time ago, I don't know if it still holds true, but if you are a diehard Xbox fan, you're more than likely not going to buy a PlayStation. You're going to buy a Switch and vice versa. If you are a diehard PlayStation fan um, and you refuse to buy anything Microsoft-based, you're going to accompany that with the Switch. So the Switch has like this weird niche that it kind of runs in. And to the, I, th I think it's the most commonly purchased side console to whatever your main console is. And that's the same with PC players, you know, PC master race people that think their console is the best thing ever. You're not going to go buy another Xbox or a PlayStation. You're going to buy a Switch instead. So I think it has that going for it. But for people that buy everything um, and play everything, I think the Switch is the least played console out of all those. And it's more of a travel buddy um, or for your kids that play because you have more kid content that is friendly to them versus the uh, mature stuff. But I don't know. I'm, I've just been kind of down on Switch and for a while just because I, I want more from it. I, and it's not that I hate the Switch because we I think all of us here bought it on launch day or launch week at least. We look for software. We almost beg for software to be uh, present for us to pick up and play, but it's just not there um, for, for us hardcore gamers. I think the casual people, like Dan said, they are probably playing those games. And I am not the biggest um, retro gamer. So when those NES games came out, I played a little bit. And funny enough, I gave my Switch to Jen to play Mario Brothers, and she loved Mario Brothers. <laughs> um, she could care less about the other stuff that's out there. But um, I have not played longer than 15 minutes on those nostalgic games. So um, I'm a weird gamer, I guess, when it comes to Switch. Um, well, I went to accept Dan's Nintendo Online offer last week, and the email had expired because I let it sit too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it you how excited I am for it. Oh, um, so I need another email, Dan. I got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the only other aspect, which is, so we talked about the hardware lacking. We've talked about the releases, especially to Bert's point about the Wii U owners being lacking in some ways. The UI is lacking. The online is lacking. And then there's a lot of accessories for the Switch. Uh, you know, other Joy-Cons, uh, the Pro Controller travel stuff you know pretty standard you know stuff but man it's expensive uh i know dan we were joking about the uh what were they the bluetooth nes yeah flashback controllers whatever they are they're basically just wireless nes controllers right which yes that's NES, basically it yeah so nes <laughs> controllers were designed 34 years ago now <laughs> so they added bluetooth functionality to them and they charged you how much for them? 60 or 70 bucks there you go yeah. So and coming in December, <laughs> already bought them. Yeah. And, and to and, and to Bert's point and your both your point, people will buy them. No, yeah. you know they're just gonna buy them. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, the wired situation. The, the wired NES controller that you can play with your mini is ten dollars. So that Bluetooth chip in there is uh, and the battery in there is a big deal. But I will say the one cool thing about it is you can slide it onto your Switch to charge. So that was yeah. something that's cool to me. Um, I, I, that has to look goofy, though. You're walking around with a switch, and you got these two NES controllers tied. But it, <laughs> it would it would be cool if they would turn it into like a like a old school arcade mode, where you, each one of you hold the edge of the switch with your controller, and you can play like an NES game. Or oh yeah, Astro's face, game face like to a, face, face to face. That yeah, would be cool. That breaking in about two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that could be bad too. That could be bad. Yeah. Uh -huh. well, those, those, yeah, those Nintendo controllers, they're they're. They're only meant for the old games. Yeah. It's not like it's like, you know, a full Joy-Con. It's just, that's it. That's all I get to play with them. And, you know, my wife will like it. And that's basically it. And I'll play a little bit with it. But it's more for, for me, I don't have that many. So 
Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going to go with. I'm going to get, you know, and plus, I remember, I don't know when the first mini came out, I had like a three foot cord. Who the hell has three foot cords? <laughs> still has oh, a three foot cord. That's Dan. Still does. Yeah. Just get an extension. I mean, come on, Nintendo. Game mini Christmas. Why don't you just come out with the Bluetooth ones with that one or the wireless ones? I mean, they're not like it's yeah. super new technology. I mean, gee, man, this newfangled Bluetooth technology. <laughs> what is this Bluetooth you speak of? <laughs> or even go 2.4 gigahertz on it. You don't even need Bluetooth yeah, for that stuff. That's true. Right. Yeah. No, it's perfectly capable for those old games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, well, let's rewind a little bit and talk about the accessories for the basic switch back at launch because I about lost my shit when, <laughs> uh, when I traveled and they would not allow third party Type C. Um, connectors for HDMI, and I had to go buy another dock and AC cable when I was traveling with family. The dock cost me $80 to have um, a switch to dock into in order to be able to get HDMI output to a TV. And the AC adapter cost me (laughs) $29.99 to plug into that dock to power it. So I was out over $100 for a dock. Keep in mind the switch was $299 new. It's a so, piece of plastic. Yeah, with a couple and, uh, plugs on it. Not even the. I wasn't even with the actual console in hand. Um, I was already over a hundred dollars. Thankfully, I kept the receipts and I returned it when I got home. But um, yeah, I and then the the Pro controller for the Switch was seventy nine ninety nine at launch. Mm-hmm. The Xbox and PlayStation controllers are only sixty nine ninety nine. And if you customize an Xbox controller, it's I think seventy five with complete customization of colors and even like a little message at the bottom. And then the the Joy Cons. How much are those, Dan? Do you, I think you bought a second pair, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I got a second pair. They were, I don't know, 50, fifty bucks, something like that, and they were expensive. As yeah, well. they're more yeah. than that. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. 70. They're like sixty five dollars. Yeah, how much yeah. I paid for them. And uh, all you do is get the Joy Cons. You don't get the uh, what I think they call it the dog ears when it first came out that you can slide them onto. I don't think you get that when you buy new Joy Cons. So yeah, um, yeah they're uh, yeah they're seventy bucks. Yeah. Yeah. But this is this is pretty traditional for Nintendo. When the Wii was out, remember how many accessories the Wii had? Um, <laughs> those those things were crazy expensive too. So I think Nintendo is very proud of their peripherals because uh, holy moly, they're expensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing that drives me crazy too, because I, I used to be a huge Mario Party fan, which is the next kind of big exclusive coming. They're bringing back Mario Party. The there's a lot of negatives for old school Mario Party fans. There's only four boards. There's not a lot that happens on them from a customization standpoint. I could go on and on. But the weird thing is, I was reading the other day, is they designed the game. You cannot use the Pro Controller. You have to use the Joy-Cons. The, Joy- the Pro Controller won't work. And I'm thinking to myself, they you know, they, they made an official first-party Pro Controller. It's $80 to your point. And now they're one of their biggest exclusives of the year you can't use it on. How does that even make any sense? Um, could you imagine, like, yeah, I mean, could you imagine Microsoft coming out? Yeah, you bought the Elite controller. No, sorry, Forza doesn't work with the Elite. You have to use a normal controller. Like, doesn't even make any sense. Nope. Nope. So, they are the masters, though, man. They know what to do. Yeah, we can <laughs> complain about it, but we all own all this shit <laughs> because we're stupid, all right? And we love video games. This is, yeah, this is definitely it. true. I'm looking at my Switch and Pro Controller from yeah, here at, right now. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, too. It's like, God damn it. You know, they got me. They got me. I'm still not buying Death Stranding, though. <laughs> Let's not get started on that. I'll believe it when I see it, Dan. I know you're going to digitally download that bad boy. Yeah. Digital collector's edition. No. <laughs> Comes with portraits and a theme of Kojima. He just looks at you. Yep. Holding a Nintendo <laughs> Switch and all the accessories. 
<laughs> and a big sack of money. <laughs> oh, but one thing I will say about the Switch is um, if you are that person that is thinking about buying one, hold out until the new one comes out because you really can wait There's so much other stuff to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't buy it. I mean, even though there is a Super Smash Brothers console coming out and a Pokemon console coming out, and the only thing new on that is the dock is uh, has a skin on it, and the left Joy-Con has a Smash symbol on it. Yeah, just wait. go buy a sticker. It's going to yeah. sell like hotcakes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Damn right it will. There is a, by the way, there is a company by the name of D-Brand. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They, they specialize in... Um, in uh, foam skins where you can like throw a carbon fiber or colors, whatever on it. They have a ton of cool skins for the switch. If you want to get your own skin that, um, and they look very high quality. I haven't bought one because I don't do enough with my switch, but you can add them onto your joy cons. You can add them to the back of the console. You can add them to your dock. They have all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. I, the best one I've seen, or the, I should say the one I've liked the most so far is the guy who did the one that made it look like a super Nintendo, um, uh, Famicom because it had the actual colored buttons, you know, um, yep. it looks so good. I, if they have a skin for that, I may have to buy it. It Just is so, there. Is it? It is, there? It is $120. Okay. So, uh, is it made by Nintendo? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, knows, he knows what he created and it is selling like hotcakes still. So, um, oh. I want that badly. Yep. Yeah, I'm not buying that, especially for it to just sit on my shelf and not be used anyway. So, all right. Um, so anyway, we sound like we're coming off really harsh on the Switch, and we do have a lot of complaints with it. As uh, we've said, we all own it. We all own the accessories. We all do play it. So it's not that we're not interested. It's just frustrating to see a lot of the qualifications or, or um, exceptions that people will make for Nintendo hardware and console um, which really the other companies don't catch the same breaks for. It doesn't make a lot of sense in a lot of areas. So uh, if you disagree or you have another thought, let us know. <laughs> but we're happy to hear it. Anyway, let's um, let's close up main topic and move on to a couple of our uh, smaller sections before we close out. So let's talk some collectibles. Bird, I know you had a couple things you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I got a small one and a big one, and I'm going to show you the big one in a second. But, um <laughs> I've been waiting for this for a while. This is not an amiibo. And I actually have not bought a amiibo for a while, and I'm kind of having my nice. But this is the uh, the Tomb Raider Totaku. It finally came out. It I had to pre-order this one, and it's uh, I think it's kind of hard to find. All the GameStops uh, you can only buy it at GameStop, and it's actually the Shadow of the Tomb Raider Totaku thing. I want to see if I can get closer for you guys. But yeah, it's um, cool it, looking. yeah, she's got like a cool stance and holding her um her her axe in one, and I believe. Uh, her knife, the knife that's the reinforced knife in the game, and it's really, really cool. Um, I can't wait to open this one up. I haven't done it. And I gotta take my headphones off for this one, so hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Here we go. It's it's huge. It really is. The box is like four feet oh tall. Oh my god, what is yeah. that? So, so I'll speak for Bert. That is the Prime One Geralt statue, the one that I did a review on on our YouTube channel. So Bert finally picked up his, and uh, yeah. I told him it's massive, and now he knows I wasn't kidding. Yeah, so I didn't have my microphone, obviously, but um, I was on the wait list. I missed it when it sold out, and I wasn't able to get one, and I guess someone canceled their pre-order or couldn't make the payments, and I was able to get it. Um, it is massive. I haven't opened it up yet because I don't have a place for it just yet. But I'm super excited to open it up. Ains did do an unboxing on it. I think you were just saying that, Ains. Yep. But um, you can see the video on it. It's very high quality. And I, I'm so excited for it that I ordered the next one, the, the Skellig Armor um, one that I believe releases in the fall of 2019, which probably no, it doesn't. 20, 2021. No, it doesn't. 
Yeah, 2021 probably about right. So, um, very excited. Awesome. No, it's it's an amazing statue. It's prob. I'm looking at it right now. It's probably, it's one of my top favorite ones for sure, up there with Sideshow Master Chief. But I'm kind of biased, and uh, another one I have. But yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. So can't wait. Uh, Bert is going to do an unboxing. Bert, tell me if I'm wrong here. But when you eventually do get the Skellige armor, because I didn't order that one, uh, you'll do an unboxing on that one. And then I also have uh, Triss and Siri on the way as well. Triss is actually supposed to come out next month. So we'll see if that holds. It's already been delayed three times. So I'm on the fence on Siri. She looks awesome. Uh, yeah, she does. See. Uh, I got a really cool thing to share. Um, I want to give, well, before I get to that, I've got, uh, you guys, I've mentioned before, I collect like uh, collectible uh, gaming magazine covers. Some of these companies do special covers for events and other things. Edge out of the UK does some really cool ones over the years, and it was their 25th anniversary last month. And so they did four special covers, one with Master Chief, one with Mario, one with Guile from Street Fighter Two, which seemed random. And one with um, Solaire from Dark Souls. So I actually had someone in the UK ship me the Master Chief one because I always make sure to get all of the Master Chief art on these magazine covers. And then I also stumbled upon the other ones at uh, Barnes & Noble the other day. So got the Mario one. Pretty cool. And the uh, Guile one. So pretty neat stuff. I um <clears throat> gotta get those framed and hung up, but I don't have the Solaire one. They didn't have it. So if anyone listening in the UK can get a Solaire one, let me know. I'm happy to pay you to ship it over to me. Is that for this month, Ains, or is it for a past month? So it's actually for last month. It's October. Uh, the November one is out, which is actually Cyberpunk um, in the UK right now. Um, but because of the shipping delays and everything, we usually get them almost a month late. These just came into our Barnes & Noble last week, uh, even though they came out a month ago in the UK. So we're usually pretty behind. Okay, I'll check when I'm over there, see if I can get one. Yeah, or grab the Cyberpunk one for me. That'd be awesome. So uh, I want to give a quick shout out to a small company named 8-Bit Boutique. This is a company um, run by a gentleman who does some really extraordinary work. Uh, he's a huge fan of the old kind of uh, pixel art and 8-Bit things, and he does hand-crafted uh, collectibles. He is uh, out of the UK as well, like I said. And uh, about a month and a half, two months ago, I ordered this thing, and uh, it's one of 12. And what it is, it's a framed, uh, wooden framed box replica of the Super Mario World map. And I'll try and hold it up to the camera to show the detail, but it's very, very uh, intricate and very, very cool. It's a 3D. Can you guys see that? It's a 3D representation of the map. And each of these things is hand kind of. Uh, cut out and stenciled and pieced together to create a uh, kind of a some depth and you know like a box frame so it's really really cool um like i said this is 8-bit boutique out of the uk this was one of 12 and he signed it for me and everything and uh i've had some good conversations with him and he does some tremendous work so like bird i know you're a huge fan of zelda he does some really cool zelda stuff and he actually does commissions as well so if there's some classic game you love and you love a scene from or something he uh he will work those up as well so check out his site again like i said 8-bit boutique he has some really really neat stuff out there so worth checking out all right so let's talk about some classic games in seasoned reflections that's the best i'm gonna do bert sorry can't say <laughs> so dan what uh what uh, classic game you want to talk about um let's quick touch on it it's been so long i mean i remember playing it 
and it was one of my favorite PlayStation games, Xenogears. <clears throat> um, it was kind of that time where like Final Fantasy VII was coming out. It was 20 years ago, I think this month. I think it released um, 1998. Is that 20 years? Gosh. <laughs> That's insane. Yep. Yeah, okay. So um, it kind of start. you know, it, it's your basic JRPG kind of, you know, regular combat, but they added in kind of some like weird like martial arts style kind of stuff. Then you had the gears, which were kind of like a robotic mecha kind of thing going on. Um, I remember like the, it was, it was really good. There was like two discs set, I think, and you, you played through it. And like the second, the second one was like mostly cut scenes. Like the second half of the game, it was just weird. It was just, you know, it's a Japanese kind of weird thing. That's probably not a good word to use, but I mean, it was, you know, <laughs> it's a Japanese game. You know, it was great. You know, I, and at that time, that's what I was into a lot, you know, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it was originally, it was supposed to be like a Chrono Trigger, like sequel, but this kind of spawned, you know, Xeno, the Xeno uh, Blade series all the xeno stuff actually but it, like they're not really tied together from what i understand because this is the only one i played so far so i'm basically playing the first one then here in a few minutes i'm going to start playing the second one or the last one i mean which is xenoblade chronicles 2 you know and when i when i thought about that i was like hey, you know what i remember this game it was a lot of fun back in the day it probably doesn't hold up at all but you know i had a lot of good times playing it Nice. I, I'm not familiar. I haven't played it. So, I mean, I know of the game, but I never played it. Um, I can't really say too much about it. Bert, would, you were big into a lot of those games. You ever play it? Yeah, so Xenoblade is the is the open-world RPG-type game from it. There's Xenosaga, which is, I think, the one you were talking about, Dan. That was um, on the PlayStation 2, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think I actually have a couple of those. Yeah, I have a couple of the PlayStation 2 ones. Um, but there's a lot of the Xeno stuff that's out. So, yeah, there's yeah. there's even, like, um, PSP and PS Vita versions of them. So they're they're fantastic. Nice. All right, Bert, what do you got? Um, I've got Dragon Quest uh, Eight, and it's kind of a, uh, a cool little homage to what we're currently playing right now in Eleven. Mm -hmm. um, I was a massive Dragon Quest fan. I have been. I've actually been more into Dragon Quest than I have been. Uh, over Final Fantasy. I did uh, like the first one through six of Final Fantasy, which you can only play in Japan for a while and they brought them over here. But uh, Dragon Quest has been like my favorite JRPG for a while. So uh, this one was really cool. It was also cool because it's when the um, Final Fantasy 12 demo came with it because at the time <laughs> Square was really pushing that on the PlayStation 2 and now it's moved on to PC and I think even PlayStation 3 if I'm not mistaken. So this is back in the old days where you get like the demo disc um, attached in games, so you don't nice. that much anymore. So it's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Uh, full color uh, manual, and the art in here is fantastic. So if you're into um, uh, Toriyama, which is the the guy that does Dragon Ball Z and stuff, his art style is all over these games. So it's, it was really really cool, a lot of fun, and it's still got that traditional music which Ains loves in Dragon Quest Eleven, and um, the same um, art styles as I mentioned before and the same gameplay. So if you like Dragon Quest or that kind of stuff, you they, they are still playable today. That's how good they, uh, they've, they've aged really well because their, their art style is based on an anime uh, versus like a whole new real life character world. So a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they've aged well because they don't update the mechanics. So you just play the same thing each time, but. <laughs> it's not that I hate the music in Dragon Quest Eleven. just to set the record straight. It's that there's like four tracks. So there's yep. like, Town track, world track, battle track, 
and you hear the same thing every time and it's just god i'm only 15 hours in or whatever and it's i'm already exhausted on it so all right so mine uh you guys both went um classic uh japanese games i'm going a little different here so i'm going with the resistance series so this is a series that uh was huge on the playstation 3 it was a big exclusive for uh, Sony and the PlayStation made by Insomniac, obviously coming off of Spider-Man now. So knowing the success they've had with that, uh, who knows if we'll ever get back to Resistance now. But yeah, I, I have the third one here somewhere. But here's Resistance Fall of Man and Resistance 2. And um, it was uh, it was not really what I would consider to be top-tier shooter. You know, I, I wouldn't put it up there with the Halos of the World or anything. But um, it was enjoyable. It had a pretty cool theme to it with the aliens it had some cool boss battles and shooting mechanics some really cool weapons and uh it you know it when it first came out it really did kind of um come out as a strong new ip with some new ideas in the shooting world which was very very big at the time so really fun games i actually um they had a game on the vita as well when the vita launched which uh funny enough i think i platinumed of all games um but played a lot of that it wasn't bad for at the time being a vita game of course um but yeah good series and uh you know need to go back to i don't really know how playable they are today i haven't tried to go back to them i probably would find them very dated if i did but um you know i don't know if either of you guys were big resistance fans or not I was a massive Resistance fan. I think they should have uh, spent more time on that instead of Killzone. I've never been a big Killzone fan. I still don't get the draw to Killzone. But the weapons and the way you, you fight in Resistance is so much fun. I think they're still great. Uh, 3, which I think is called Resistance 3 Fall of Man or something. Very different take from the first two. It's still playable. I, I think it's still fun to play. Uh, graphically, maybe not the best, but gameplay, it's a lot of fun. So if you haven't played that one, it's unfortunately only available on the uh, PS3. And that's one I think would do really well on a remaster on the PlayStation 4 as they do love to remaster stuff there. So a lot of fun. Or you could play it via backwards compatibility. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Where, I don't know where the third one is. I have like the little statue. I have the collector's edition for the third one, believe yeah, it or not. But I, I don't. Good. Yeah, and I don't have the game. Like it's not sitting on my shelf. I don't know where it went. So anyway. Hmm. All right. So I think we're going to wrap it up here, guys. Um, a couple things to touch on. Um, so last week I did an unboxing of this bad boy here, which is the Scuf Vantage controller for the PS4, the new kind of $200 ultra customizable uh, pro controller for the PS4. Uh, the full review or final review of it, I've been playing with it this week. I'm going to record that today and get that up. So hopefully by tonight or tomorrow. And then we've got a couple of new things coming. We've been talking about some new content here at the site and how we want to approach things. So a while ago, we mentioned how we're rethinking how we're going to do reviews here at Season Gaming. And so we've got a new system we've come up with, and uh, we think that'll be a lot of fun. So we're going to be handing out kind of the Season Gaming or SG awards to certain games, and then we're going to discuss them on our vidcasts. So you can get kind of the opinion from all three of us rather than just kind of a one-off. <clears throat> and then we're also going to be introducing a new series likely next week uh, titled Backseat Gaming. So I'm not going to go into all the details around uh, what this is or how it's going to work, but it includes all three of us. We think it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, probably have a lot of laughs and a lot of goofing around. So that should be a good one as well. So look for that uh, probably prior to our next BitCast recording. So anything else you guys want to mention before we head out? I'm good, man. Good show. <laughs> Jolly good show. Jolly cooperation. 
The only thing I, I can say is that we're doing a lot more streaming on Mixer and Twitch. So if you ever just want to, if you're one of those people that likes to watch other people game, we have streamed a ton of Forza Horizon 4. Um, we have tried to stream some NHL stuff. I don't. Were we streaming the hat trick last night? I don't think we no, were. No, I wasn't. Um, but if you ever want to follow any of us, we're all on Mixer. Uh, Ains is Porsche Power. I'm Treb M3. Uh, Dan, you're XOX Rapture XOX. Yeah, That's yeah, some... something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't I can't. I can never remember it. I always see oh. it. Oh my God, what's the XOXO? Um, but uh, yeah, so we're if you're one of those people and and like watching that stuff, we always stream stuff. I did stream. Deadly Obsession Tomb Raider as well, which is a pull out a couple pieces of hair right here. I think no, that's just me. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, yeah, me and Dan don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks again. That was episode 32. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.